All right, let's try this. What, 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 what? What, 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 what? You know what's been going around a lot is uh, some sort of cold or bug or yeah. something. I don't know. Uh, it's been running around like crazy. Just about everybody that I know has been touched by it. Uh, I didn't get sick, but I've just been feeling like under the weather and just completely drained. And and it's kind of kind of sucks because this has been a busy week. Yeah, I uh, I've had a touch of the crud, but I blame it on uh, the outdoor bond spiel that mm. we did last weekend. So I curled. I think a total of five games outside Friday night. I didn't get home until after one. And then uh, Saturday it was 11. It it was, it's pretty intense. Uh, Bacon bits. They played his team. uh, They softened up the world champion and beat him. And then Saturday morning when we played the world champion, we beat him. So nice. I'll say, I'll send you a picture that one of the, that our skip sent me our vice. So the third, he threw a stone on his outdoor ice and he had air. Like you can literally see a gap of daylight underneath this stone. It's pretty awesome. Is I don't, that's not supposed to be the way it is. Is it? No, oh. no. But when you curl on outdoor ice, like all bets are off. Ah, this is a great equalizer. Yeah, because it what just because it doesn't uh, freeze even or right, it doesn't freeze even. Yeah, it was thirty four degrees last Friday, so then it was starting to melt, and then the pebble, and it was just the frosts and everything else. It was quite awesome. Hmm. So interesting. I go. I do all my curling indoor with a round ball and ten pins. Mm. Oddly enough, they call that bowling. Weird. (laughs) All right. You want to get this show going? Let's do it. You're listening to Eyes Forward March, a podcast geared towards building the core of the non-commissioned officers. Heat up your MRE, crack open a cold rippet, and join your platoon daddies, Sergeant Bacon and Sergeant Seagar, as they continue to build networking skills, have some laughs, uplift morale, and talk about daily issues soldiers face. Let's begin. <laughs> we got to shorten that thing. <laughs> I think it's time to update it for sure. I mean, how, how many? Wait, hold on. Okay, first off, are you want to introduce everybody or, or just go into it? We can, uh, we can introduce each other. The intro introduces us. You know what, though? So many times people are like, so which one is you? Uh, all right. so I feel like, I feel like, yes, we identify ourselves as bacon and cigar, Yeah, but I don't formally introduce myself as Sergeant Bacon. Yes. Yes. And with me as always, he is the peanut butter to my chocolate. No, no. Did I use that one? I don't remember. Yeah. Peanut butter, nothing better than peanut butter and chocolate. Well, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Sergeant Seagar. And- Recently back from an assignment. Did you find the Bentley? I did. We have the talented. Bacon bits. Little bacon, bacon bits. I mean, whatever you want to call me, you know? Yeah. It's like Fat Tony. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pizza pie. 
So yeah, anyway, uh, this is going to be one of those episodes, like many other, where we don't really know what we're going to get into until we get into it. I have a feeling. No, that there's no feeling. That's how it is. That's how it's going to be. Like, we started this. How long have we been doing this? Almost. Almost three years. So I think we talked about this. Yeah. Um, June 8th of 20 was our first episode. Okay. Which means literally three years ago... Like right now, we were in uh, Fort Lee doing the thing. And doing the thing. This thing was probably conceived on or around <laughs> this date. It sounds so dirty. I know. It should. Yeah. Yeah. So we're getting close to that three year anniversary, and we're getting close to episode 75, which is uh, three times 25, if I math right. Uh, so hopefully we'll have something uh, interesting coming up for that. Uh, and um, yeah, I don't know. You want to get into your uh, normal gig? My normal gig? Yeah. Absolutely. It's time for military history. So for March 15th, this is known as the Ides of March. And in the ancient Roman calendar, the 15th day of March, May july and october or the 13th day of the month for the other months is known as the ides it's like mm. the middle i knew of i knew of the uh march 15th i didn't know about the other ones yeah so the the whole thing beware of the ides of march that was from the the shakespearean play julius caesar and historically on this day i believe in 44 bc is when caesar was stabbed to death and uh, met his untimely demise. Shouldn't have been messing around with that salad. He wouldn't have gotten sporked. E2 cigar. <laughs> you know what? I think this was the... It was like this time last year we had John on from uh, VGL. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was when it just went sideways altogether. Yeah. But, well, you love that. Hopefully we can have him back on sometime. Yeah. Moving on to March 15th of 1767, Andrew Jackson is born in the Garden of Waxhaws, South Carolina. The son of Irish immigrants, Jackson spent much of his early life in a rough-and-tumble frontier region. His father died from injuries sustained while lifting a heavy log, and his mother was left with few resources to support the family. Jackson received only a minimal formal education, but he learned a great deal about the practical realities of the frontier life by mixing with the rowdy frontiersmen around him. As a young man, Jackson settled in the still relatively untamed Tennessee area, where he worked as a self-taught lawyer. He achieved national recognition during the War of 1812 for his victories over both Indian and British warriors, paving the way for his election to presidency in 1828. Jackson represented a sharp break from the presidents who preceded him, all of whom had been well-educated men born to privilege. Americans, eager to create a more dem democratic nation, embraced the rough Hewan Jackson as their leader, celebrating him as a representation of the 
egalitarian spirit of the frontier. Once elected president, Jackson supported a vigorously executed the goals of the Removal Act of 1830, which cleared Indians from large areas of the frontier and opened up the land to Anglo settlement. During Jackson's presidency, Americans embraced a powerful new unifying myth that the nation's frontier experience would foster democracy, equality, and strength. And casinos. Yes. So he was old Hickory, if you remember. That was his name. No, that was his no, nickname. I don't. Yep. So they called him old Hickory. And he was also the guy that was, uh, he was the first president that there was an assassination attempt on. And the guy that tried to shoot him, right? Remember his pistols misfired twice? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was Jackson. Uh, he was, overall, he was just kind of a son of a bitch. Just a, like a, probably like us. Yep. He had a few other nicknames as well, too. Oh, yeah? Shall I list them? Uh, the, the hero of New Orleans, Old Hickory, as you said, King Mob, King Andrew, and, of course, the infamous Jackass. Moving on. I lost you. Yeah, I lost you. Your internet connection is unstable. Yeah, much like my life. We're playing this game again. Yes. 1783. Washington personally addresses the regular meeting of officers in Newburgh, New York, advising moderation and patience and promising expeditious congressional action on the salary and pension demands of the soldiers. A week later, Congress allots the officers a lump sum equals five years' pay. Damn. Well, Washington did it for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these guys want money for it, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's how it typically works. I volunteer for money. Yes. In 1820, as part of the, uh, the Missouri Compromise between the North and the South, Maine is admitted into the Union as the 23rd state and is administered as a province of Massachusetts since 1647. The entrance of Maine as a free state was agreed to by Southern senators in exchange for the entrance of Missouri as a slave state. As part of the Massachusetts, Maine developed early fishing, lumbering, and shipbuilding industries in 1820 and was granted statehood. Maine is known as the Pine Tree State and is the most sparsely populated state east of the Mississippi River. I mean, it's mighty cold there in the winter. Well, yeah. We had that dude, that recruiter kid in our SLC class from Maine. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was the Wicatuna. That was his claim to fame. Uh, in 1862, General John Hunt Morgan began four days of raids near the city of Gallatin, Tennessee. I'm quoting his saying, The Yankees will never take me prisoner again, the Confederate General John Hunt Morgan stated. In 1864, after ordering the ironclads, the USS Benton and the Essex, to remain at Fort de Russie in support of the Army detachment engaged in destroying the works, Rear Admiral Porter convoyed the main body of troops up the Red River towards Alexandria, Louisiana. 
Porter then dispatched the USS East Lexington and the Uachatita ahead of, to try and overtake. I would have just said some other fucking boat. Right. And another boat. <laughs> it's fun though. I think people want to hear me bumble fuck through this. Yeah, I know. Uh, and overtake the Confederate vessels seeking to escape through the Alexandria Rapids. The Confederate ships were too far behind, however, and Union gunboats arrived at the rapids half an hour behind them. Confederate steamer Countess grounded in her hasty attempt to get upstream and was destroyed by her crew to prevent the capture. Wow. Wow. Interesting. In 1916, General Pershing and his 15,000 troops chased Poncho, Poncho Vila into Mexico. U.S. troops pursued the guerrillas, killing 50 on U.S. soil and more than 70 in Mexico. General Pershing failed to capture the villa, dead or alive, and villa was assassinated in Paral in 1923. Also in 1916, the Army Reorganization Bill passes the House. The Senate has unanimously voted to bring the Army to full authorized strength. On June 3rd, the National Defense Act will pass, authorizing a standing army of 175,000 and incorporates the idea promoted by Douglas MacArthur, the use overseas of the National Guard intact will reach a strength of 450,000. By the end of June... Congress will authorize an appropriation of 128 and six zeros, the largest military budget to date. I think it's 128 million. 100,000 million. Yeah, it sounds about right. But 128 million back when? In 1916. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, that's the value of that is much more now. Correct. Okay. In 1947, Ensign. John W. Lee becomes the first African-American officer commissioned in the regular Navy, and he was assigned to the USS Cursage. All right. I thought that was kind of cool. In 1965, General Harold K. Johnson, the Army Chief of Staff, reports on his recent visit to Vietnam President Lyndon B. Johnson and Secretary of Defense Robert McNamara. He admitted that the recent air raids ordered by President Johnson had not affected the course of the war and said he would like to assign an American division to hold coastal enclaves and defend the Central Highlands. Where is the Central Highlands? Of Vietnam? Yeah. In the center of the country? Okay. Maybe. Fair enough. I don't know. In 1980, masked terrorists believed to be Puerto Rican nationalists, raid the Carter Campaign Headquarters in Chicago and the Bush Campaign Headquarters in New York City. Hmm. Yeah, see? People always looking to get into trouble. It's amazing. Crime will always be around other crime. <laughs> Weird, right? In 1993, searchers found the body of the sixth and last missing victim of the World Trade Center bombing in New York. So remember in 93, there was that moving truck that blew up in the bottom of the, in the parking garage. 
Yep. Oh, how could you forget? Uh, we have to do training like every year where they mention it. Yeah, correct. And then they mentioned McVeigh and all the other fun jazz. In the year 2000, in Kosovo, U.S. troops raided five locations in southeastern Kosovo and seized large quantities of arms and ammunition from militant Albanians. Huh. Kosovo is kind of like part of Albania, or was part of Albania, part of Serbia. Um, I think part of it went into Macedonia. But anyways, so they declared their independency from those countries, and Serbia really didn't like it. Albania was like, yeah, we don't like it, but... So I got two more for us. In 2003, the American defense officials say long-range B-1B bomber aircraft has been used for the first time against Iraqi targets in the no-fly zone in southern Iraq. There was an established no-fly zone. Right. And then they violated it, so we sent a bone after them. Well, in, okay, I guess in fairness, they were just learning how to fly. Correct. Yeah. So, Took them a few years. They couldn't get the camels off the ground. <laughs> that magic carpet isn't working very well. I know what we need to do. We need to find a magic lamp and rub it and steal that man's carpet. Bring me the lamp. <laughs> Muhammad got on the carpet. It's a brand new world. All right. And this one, in 2011, after the passing of the United States generation that fought in World War I is marked by a funeral of Frank Buckles, who died on 27 February of 2011, at the age of 110, he was buried with full military honors at Arlington National Cemetery. Frank Woodruff Buckles, born Wood Buckles on February 1st of 1901, was a United States Army soldier and the last surviving American veteran of World War I. He enlisted into the Army in 1917, driving ambulances and motorcycles near the front lines in Europe. During World War II, he was captured by the Japanese forces while working in the shipping business and spent three years in the Philippines as a civilian prisoner. In his last years, he was the honorary chairman of the World War I Memorial Foundation. As chairman, he advocated the establishment of a World War I memorial that would be similar to other war memorials in Washington, D.C., 110 years old. All I want to know is, what was his diet? Awesomeness. No, that's what he bathed in. Oh. Probably had a glass of bourbon and two cigars a day. Probably. And a pound of bacon. And ate a steak for breakfast. That was military history. It's all, it's all good. I was actually, when you brought up uh, the nickname for Andrew Jackson... Uh, there was there was a bit I saw uh, on the interwebs not too long ago, and he was talking about how the uh, the presidents they all have nicknames, and if you think about way back when, some of them were were probably pretty descriptive of the type of people they were. Yeah, you know, like John Adams was known as Old Sink or Swim. <laughs> I'd rather swim, <laughs> <laughs> right? but I mean, at least he gave you a choice. You know, Andrew Jackson, old history or old hickory, obviously. Uh, Zachary Taylor, old, rough and ready. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, not not sure 
Not sure what he was up to there, but we're not going to get into that. Uh, James Buchanan, Tencent Jimmy. <laughs> I wonder what that works out to in today's dollars. Forty-five <laughs> twenty-eight, Jimmy. Yeah. All right. Well, what do we got going on next? Uh, is it time? It's time. It is time. To to leave. <laughs> Please stand by. <laughs> oh. oh hell, I'm back on assignment. See you later. No. Uh all right, what you got for us, bacon bits? What do you want to play the thing? Oh yeah, we gotta do the thing. Do you have a thing? I don't have a thing. You had the thing. All right, I'll I'll just do it. Oh, you're talking I didn't save it, but you're uh. talking uh Oh, let's see here. Well, we're already changing the name of this because I found a better one. So welcome to Military Machines, where we explore the most advanced and powerful military vehicles in the world. And today we're going to be talking about the most advanced tanks in the world, specifically the, the K2 Black Panther is a South Korean made third gen main battle tank. It is jointly developed by South Korea and Turkey to replace the older M48 Padon and M60 Padon, tanks that the U.S. Army has been using. The K2 was first introduced to the South Korean Army in 2014, and the U.S. Army begins, began testing it in 2019. The tank has a 120mm smoothboard gun that can fire both anti-tank and anti-personnel rounds. It is also equipped with 12.7mm machine gun and a 7.62mm machine gun for self-defense. The, the K2 Black Panther has an advanced modular armor system that provides the tank with high level of protection against a variety of threats including armor piercing rounds and improvised explosive devices. The tank has a crew of three consisting of the driver, gunner, and commander. The tank is powered by a 1500 horsepower diesel engine and has a maximum speed of 70 kilometers. It is also it also has a range of approximately 450 kilometers, whatever that works out into miles. The black the K2 Black Panther is a highly capable tank that is designed for both offensive and defensive operations. It can engage in enemy tanks at a long range and has the ability to fire on the move. The tank is also equipped with a state-of-art fire control system that allows the gunner to accurately engage targets in all weather conditions, day or night. And that's it for the military machines. Okay, apparently didn't want to play through it again. But, okay, that's okay. I was going to ask you, uh, what is MM? 
Is that like uh, M&M's? Uh, millimeter. Oh, millimeter. I probably should have okay. done millimeter, but. Yeah, well, I mean, it's either millimeter or Michelob. I'm not sure. So I looked up a picture of this thing. It's an M1. It's the Korean version of an M1 Abrams. <laughs> like, for real. It is I. It is the identical machine of a of a uh, of a Abrams tank. In, okay, yeah. I mean, you know, either somebody rips us off or we rip them off. But I mean, you know, it's it's hard to say because the Abrams tank took so long to go from concept to production to field use. So does the uh, South Korean main battle tank de- designed by the. Agency of Defense Development and manufactured by Hyundai Rotom. And what he's saying on there is the M1's got a a 120 millimeter main gun. It's got the 7.62 self-defense rifle inside. I mean, if something's cool, something's cool. Steal it. Steal away. All right. All right. As long as South Korea's got them and not the North one. Right. Yeah. I suppose. That is truth. What else you got going on? Me? Yeah. Dude, if I told you all the cool shit I got going on, I'll start at the beginning. So I was uh, officially accepted into the Warrant Officer Candidate School uh, class that starts in April. Moving to the dark side of coffee drinkers. The gray side. Yeah, yeah, the gray side. Yeah, yeah, warrants use gray water in their coffee. Right. <laughs> None of that toilet water. Yeah, not not black water. We use gray water. Non-potable my ass. <laughs> it's potable if you boil it. Yeah. I've been a little stressed with that. Yeah. There's a lot of information and a lot of looking and digging for information. And then you have like the group chat and then you have people like that think they have the information that don't have the information. And so trying to filter through all that but then uh, on top of all that i have to write a well i sent you my bio so my bio is complete right i have to write a full autobiography from 500 to 1500 words and then i also have to write an essay on my role as a military officer 500 to 1500 words mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you got plenty of uh well, you got a little bit of experience writing papers in SLC, so this shouldn't be too hard. It shouldn't be, but I don't write papers about me. Mm. You know? Like, yeah, I can see that. That's where it's difficult. I can write a paper on me. However, I have to just put it out there. I am a fiction writer. So there's no no guarantee that anything about me is going to be true. So then on top of all that, you're plus still at work. Then my admin calls me and says my security clearance, they're going to start the SF-86 on me. So I'm on the new system. And with that. Pre or post hacked? uh, Hopefully post. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So with that, my existing fingerprints that are already in the database are no good. I had to redo my fingerprints today. Oh, wow. That sucks. And then the building I drive to every day for work. Is not a not a complete address, <laughs> so I got flagged. I got flagged for five violations because I used the same address that I work at five times. So then I called the 
chief and I'm like, hey, it says to be honest and truthful to the best of my ability. So I'm doing this so as to not draw attention to me later. And now I have to lie. <laughs> yep. Yep. And he's like, I, I don't think I don't think the address piece is good, such a big deal. Just get close. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, what about you? I'm trying to do my taxes and my W-2 from DFAS, um, you know, you have copy A, copy B, copy C. And TurboTax wants me to input information from A, B, C. And on block, on part C, TurboTax wants city, state, zip. But it doesn't exist on the W-2. And so it's flagging it and it's kind of giving me problems filing my taxes. So that's uh, always good and fun it is that time of year it is tax season so if if you if you if you haven't filed your taxes better get to it running out of time or file for an extension we got time we got time they just have to be postmarked by the 15th yeah i do mine all online i use TurboTax. i'm not even gonna file mine it's not worth it for two dollars yeah I, I probably wouldn't yeah you got his w2 and it was <laughs> It was $2. That was what they uh, took for federal taxes. It's actually shocking that you got a W-2 for $2. What do you, you want me to file this? You want me to file it? It cost me more to file it. Um, yeah, but like I said at the beginning of the show, you know, it's just been, it's been crazy. It's been chaotic uh, the past, you know, two weeks. Uh, it, it really hasn't been, I, I should take this back. It hasn't really been chaotic. The past two weeks, it has been very busy, but on top of it being very busy, you know, I've just been kind of a little under the weather, not like sick, sick, Mm. but just physically and mentally drained. Yeah. And that's, that's probably been my big struggle. And that's understandable. I mean, but the weekend is the weekend's almost here and, uh, I I might just sleep the whole thing away. I would. I would rather do that. I have a Muta 8, 6, 6, Muta 6. <laughs> There's people out there having Muta 8s right now. and But why? Yeah, as you guys will be either sleeping through it or going to drill, I will be snowblowing the 9 inches of snow they were supposed to get on Saturday. Well, you know what? You're you're young. You have energy. I'm only I'm only one of those two. I'm only young. Energy? No. I'll just go out there and let the snowblower do the work. I think you have energy. You have a whole lot more energy than I do. Some days. I used to be able to fill my tank up to 100 and just make that last forever and take my time, fill it back up to 100. Now, my tank won't withstand the pressure of a recharge over 75%. I'm kind of like an iPhone battery. I only recharge so much. Eventually, I just don't have any energy. (laughs) Uh, my, my audacity is doing something weird right now. So I was just letting you guys go for a minute until it catches up. You're kind of crackly. Yeah, you yeah. are crackly. Yeah. I'm not well, sure what's that's going all right. On. I mean, it's, let's just so, make it a short episode. Geez. Um, you know, everybody's been super busy. Everybody's still feeling under the weather. You know, let's, uh. Get some content out there for our listeners so that they can hear our voices. They can identify 
uh, the cigar versus the uh, bacon and the bacon's bits or little bacon. However he wants, you know, he can just change his name whenever all willy nilly, bimbly bambly like he wants to. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll have something fun and exciting to actually deep dive deep down into. And I really do. I really want to have this conversation. I know I'm kind of rambling on and taking up time, but I do want to have the conversation of the uh, kind of a little bit about the article that you sent me uh, last night, uh, Sergeant Bacon, um, you know, how the military is, you know, this comes out every year, you know, how they're they're kind of low on recruiting numbers and they're trying to like figure out how to uh, get some more recruits in and then carry that over a little bit into uh, kind of the whole pandemic thing. Uh, the vaccination and, you know, that kind of uh, pure chaos. We don't need to get too deep in the weeds, but I would like to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, hope, how do I sound? Like shit. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, no, I can hear you. You're coming through. You just have a crackle on the top of your voice. So hopefully that's not in your local recording. That is uh, just through your network or Zoom. So anyway, um, see everybody in two weeks. Okay. Never mind. We'll just wrap this up. Gotta find me some ending music. Looks like that's another mission completed. A 30-mile check ride in the bag. Hit us up, podcastefm at gmail.com. Or follow Podcast EFM on Instagram. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Sergeant Bacon. And I'm Sergeant Seagar. As always, eyes forward. March. Sponsored by OnlySoldiers.com. All right. I I lost a whole minute somewhere and my project rate speed is 48,000 and it says my actual is 44.1. All right. Stop a Rooney.